Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another special edition of the Elm Park Rolls World Cup edition. It's part two now and we are sponsored by Phantom Brewery. Well, I've been joined by Alex Everson to talk about the last week since last Friday. And there's been a lot happening at the World Cup, hasn't there, Alex? Yes, yeah, just started to get exciting, hasn't it? You've, uh, we've had all the second group stage games, had the majority of the third group stage games as we talk and there's been uh, been some shocks, not maybe as many as uh, as I was hoping for when we had the first round of games, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just starting to get into that kind of juicy portion of the tournament. Yeah, I think you're right. I think some of the shocks are starting to kind of uh, balance out slightly, aren't they? But having said that, Mexico went out last night. And that was the first time, and I think in their history, that they've never reached the round of 16. So that is going to be one upset area, isn't it? Yeah, I think I saw that their manager got sacked as well today. First, and there was a bunch of stuff. Didn't qualify for the Gold Cup and didn't qualify for the Olympics. And the, as a country, the last couple of years, they've just underperformed massively in, in football. Yeah. Totally. But let's get on to the Reading FC player. We are an RFC podcast. Well, first of all, Junior Hoylett, yeah, sadly for him, Canada are out of the World Cup. A 4-1 drubbing, I would say, by Croatia, Alex. It was um, pretty one-sided after the initial excitement of the first 30 seconds, wasn't it, for Canada with their first ever World Cup goal? Yeah, the first, I mean, even the first 20 minutes or so, I think Canada did play quite well in that game. Um you know, they scored, what was it, 66 seconds, 67 seconds, something like that. Uh, and at that point, you kind of thought, after, especially after the first game that they had, that they might actually be able to take the game to Croatia a bit. But I think the kind of after probably 25 minutes or so, you, you started to see that Canada's naivety was fairly evident and that their strategy of, of basically just going gung-ho to try and score goals doesn't necessarily work in every game against experienced teams. No, it's going to be... It's a lesson for them, isn't it, obviously, for Canada? They're going to be having the World Cup in four years' time. And um, I'm sure they're going to do a fantastic job there, Mexico and USA. But at least I mean, Junior Holler got 25 minutes, though. So, And he looked quite decent when he came on. Yeah, again, he had a relatively good game. And it's one of those... He's probably one of those players, if he was a little bit younger, he'd had a you know, World Cup like this, he'd probably be angling for a, for a move somewhere. 
Um, but because of his, obviously his age and his contract, there's not really any kind of like need is there. Um, but I think he had another good game and SWAT I pretty much has had 90 minutes, I think, of football now at the World Cup. And he's got another game, I think it's today, uh, later today, just to round off Canada's Canada's World Cup experience, as it were. And hopefully he can get another 65 minutes or so in that game. And he's done well, you know, he's done well, I think, for Canada, considering they are definitely the underdog in that group. Um they haven't disgraced themselves, and I think he's he's performed his role pretty well for what they've asked him to do, considering it's not been the same as what he's been doing at Reading all season. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, they will round up their World Cup with a game against Morocco. Uh, Babara Man becomes the first player ever who's at Reading, technically not a permanent signing, obviously, to get pick up a win at the World Cup. Came off the last three minutes for Ghana against. South Korea in a 3-2 win. Obviously, that's limited impact, isn't it, Alex? But we still take it, don't we? Yeah, I mean, he only got two minutes, but still counts, we'll doesn't it? it? Like, still counts. Um, he seemed to come on just to defend the, defend, the, defend the last couple of minutes when they were going into stoppage time. And that, that win for Ghana really, like, was needed um, because... Without that, I think they're pretty much getting buried, aren't they, after lost to Portugal in the first game? Yeah, totally. And we also have the loom in danger, obviously, for England, for Senegal in the round of 16. He hasn't played yet. Um, they have got their Everton midfielder, Idris Gaia, who's suspended, but he's highly unlikely to come in for him, isn't he, uh, Alex? Uh, yeah, I'd be very surprised, given that um, Idris Gaia was is obviously a you know attacking midfielder and loom is just not <laughs> having seen him at reading this season not an attacking midfielder i don't really expect him to come in unless senegal start to change their system somewhat but the worry is definitely there that loom is going to come on and do some sort of magical piece of skill that we haven't seen at reading all season we won't see this season at all for for reading and then end up knocking England out somehow. Oh, just imagine uh, that. That would be... No, that's given me nightmares. That really has. Just thinking about the fact he could score a penalty. Let's say it goes to a penalty shootout and we get down to like the eighth or ninth player and you got Loom stepping up to take it. Slots oh, it he, he's gonna say, he'll, he'll just stick it top corner, won't he? He'll stick it <laughs> edge top corner. He won't, won't score a goal for Red in this season at all. He's got um, one, hasn't he, from the corner? Yeah, from now. Won't yeah, score yeah. another one. And you, know, you know that if he gets a penalty against England, it's going top corner and picks up <laughs> zero chance of getting it. This is brutal, but let's be honest, as Reading fans, we would quite like him to start against us, wouldn't we? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, uh, it's not very friendly. A, a, a little midfield battle between Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice and Mamadou Loom is, is you know, I, I'd like to see it as an England <laughs> Um, I quite the, like to see that. Yeah, one of the, one of the things to note with that Senegal England game is if England do end up losing, you know, God forbid, touch wood, we don't. Uh, is that Loom won't be available for the first game back next weekend against Coventry because obviously Senegal will still be involved, and the quarterfinals I think are next weekend. They start next Saturday, so if we do get knocked out, then Loom will not be available for Reading. 
Yes, hard to know where to go from that one. There's, um, uh, yeah, lots of thoughts going through my head then. But we'll move on. England, obviously, will be playing Senegal, as we've just discussed there, after a convincing 3-0 win over Wales. I mean, it was totally one-sided, wasn't it? I mean, it could have easily been more, but I felt like we got into, like, third gear, maybe. Yeah, I think once we scored the third goal, even after we scored the first goal, really, the game... It didn't die off as a contest necessarily, but it, it, it was because it was never really a true contest between two even teams. But I don't think England ever really got out of third gear all night, particularly. Uh, Wales, the tournament has come three or four years too late for Wales, really. The fact that they didn't qualify for the World Cup in Russia, is it, 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 that pretty much ended that kind of golden generation for Welsh players and Welsh football, I think. And if they were ever going to do anything at a World Cup, it was probably four years ago, not now, unfortunately, for them. Um, I think England played pretty well against Wales. It obviously took a little bit of a while for us to get going. I think the first half hour was slow. But after that, Rashford played relatively well. I think Foden, you know, Foden was really involved. Um, Do I think it was our best performance I've ever seen? Not necessarily, but it was more than adequate to be, let's be honest, what is a majority of championship or low-level Premier League players at best. Yeah, I, I totally agree on all that. Um, unfortunately for Wales, it has come a little bit too late. But we take advantage of that and we move on. Some of the disappointments from this World Cup, uh, I would never have predicted that Denmark would finish with one point. Uh, I find that shocking. And Belgium, they've been atrocious as well. Yeah, Denmark were really poor, and I mean the loss they had against Australia was—they just—they've got—they've shown no attacking intent the entire tournament, really. Denmark. Um, I mean, we've gone through three games and they've scored one goal, and it was against France. Like, I, I just there's so so much to be disappointed about with Denmark because so many people tipped them up as a dark horse for the tournament and had them qualifying definitely in second place behind behind France in Group D and. They've just been just so dull to watch more than anything. Um, absolutely zero threat going forwards. They really lack a like a focal point up front. Um, I think it's is it Damsgaard who, who's there, and it's they're just so they're very very boring. Um, and Belgium, I think everybody, everybody even in Belgium has kind of accepted that Belgium's time maybe has passed by this point. Um, however, I think that really we probably should be expecting better from Belgium, even if this is not the necessarily their peak, you know, level of performance at this point. The fact that they're, you know, going into their last game and they have to they have to get points against Croatia, otherwise they're out. And if realistically they if they don't win, they probably are gonna get knocked out tonight. Um and it's no more than they deserve, really. They got outplayed by Canada quite badly. They got outplayed by Morocco. And I'm not sure Croatia are going to give them an easy game. So if they get knocked out, it's no less than they deserve, really. No, totally. Another golden generation down the drain, isn't it? I mean, we know all about that being Indian fans. But, I mean, at least we've made a final with this one. It's interesting talking of golden generations because I think there's a lot of expectation around um, this group of players, especially in, around Southgate and how... You know, this team is not necessarily playing as if they've got the handbrake off and they should be able to attack more and score more goals. And 
it feels like there's a lot more criticism of, of Gareth Southgate with this team than there ever was of, of say, Svengron Eriksson and, and the golden generation of that era. Despite the fact that I think that era also had a lot of talented players and was all, you know often lauded as as the golden generation of the time and really should have done better than they did. Um, so it's an in, interesting comparison between the, the two kind of generations of players there. Yeah. Well, we all know that like people like to reminisce about that 2002, 2006 team and like how amazing they were, but they never got past the quarterfinal. Ultimately, they always, <laughs> or ultimately at tournaments, they always underperformed. So, yeah, and they had opportunities to do it. They had like the game against Brazil when they were 1 0 up. They then had a player sent off. But we can't be talking about that. We need to move on to the current day with England at the World Cup. We're going into the game against Senegal, which is on Sunday night, I think at seven o'clock. Who do you start on the wings there, Alex? Do you start with Foden and Rashford or do you go Saka in the mix, Grealish in the mix? I mean, you've got some quality players there, but where do you start with? I think whoever you leave out, people are going to be disappointed, right? If you leave out Foden after we beat in Wales, people are going to going to complain. If you leave out Saka after the fact that we scored six against Iran, people are going to be upset. So I think it's a difficult one because whoever you pick is going to inevitably attract criticism from the other side. So I think if I was if I was picking the 11, I think I would probably go Saka, Saka and Rashford maybe. But it's, yeah, I think it's, it's a very difficult choice. Um, I probably would go Rashford because I think you benefit a bit more going forwards, or maybe not necessarily going forwards, but this Kane seems to benefit a little bit more having somebody who's maybe playing a little bit more central. Um, so I'd probably go with Rashford just based on the last game, but I think it's a difficult one. I think any of that kind of like group, whoever you pick, is probably a good decision. Who would you go with? Yeah, I'd probably go, I mean, I like you say, you can't really go wrong, I don't think. I don't think you're certainly going to have a massive kind of like drop-off of quality. I think I would go Foden on the left because he seems to have far more impact in that position, that position he plays a lot for City. And I would, I think a player scores two goals, has the impact he had. I mean, I don't think Rashford had the most amazing game in the first half. There's a lot of times you miscontrol the ball, but if you're scoring two goals and that amazing free kick, it, does it really matter? I, I don't think it does. So I think you've got to keep that momentum in the team. And we're undoubtedly going to see Saka, Grealish at some point during the game. And probably they, they will make an appearance. It's, it's Gareth Southgate. So what we're probably going to get is Raheem Sterling and, and Saka. Yeah, we could. Yeah, I forgot. It could be Raheem Sterling as well. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, it could easily be that. But even if you had that, would you say, oh, you know, that's not really good enough? Because you look at Raheem Sterling's record for England. Would you maybe like say his record is not the strongest at the moment out of all those five? I think, he's, I think he's fine, but I think he probably gets. He, I think he probably gets uh, a harsh rap is maybe the wrong term, but he probably doesn't get quite the praise that the others get because he's had his moment in the sun, as it were. Whereas Saka and Foden. And even Grealish, to an extent, haven't. Sterling has kind of had his his big breakthrough already, and he's been in the team for what is it ten years now, roughly. Um, and he hasn't had that 
big international moment which people are waiting for. So I, I don't think that people have quite got that uh, hype around him still as they do for other players. I wouldn't necessarily mind if Sterling is in the team. Wouldn't have an issue with it, but I can understand that there's definitely going to be more hype around some of the some of the younger players. It's always the way with younger players, though, isn't it? As well, it's always the way. It's like we've seen people. Before. People like to see. People like to see what they're going to see in the future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I understand. Club football, right? You look at Even someone like Jude Bellingham, and you think, "Wow, yeah, where's this going to end?" You just don't know, do you? Because he, I think he could play for any team, as we've said before. But let's get down to the predictions. Then I'm going to say three-one to England. What are you going to say? I think it's just the most two-nil game there's ever been. <laughs> I don't. I just don't see. I don't see Senegal being a huge threat. I mean, maybe I'm underestimating Senegal. I know they scored five goals in the in the group stage, but they did play Qatar, though. They did, exactly, they did play Qatar. Um, but I we think, played well, so that kind of like I don't know who which that, one's worse. I don't know. Yeah, that is true, and yeah. I don't think they necessarily played that well against Ecuador. I think they played okay, but. I, I I would struggle to see Senegal beating us in normal time, uh, certainly. I think, yeah, 2-0, it just feels like a really kind of standard result of a, a group stage winner beating a second-place team without too much trouble. How far do you think England are going to go, Alex? And who is your eventual winner of the Golden Trophy? Uh, well, I was looking at this last night and the way the draw was running out, I was desperate for Argentina to get knocked out because it would have opened up the draw so much for some teams. Um, and if England had been in that section of a draw rather than the section they're in, it suddenly gave them a great chance to go really, really deep. I think inevitably we're probably going to end up meeting France in the quarterfinals now, right? Because France shouldn't really have any problems beating Poland on uh, Sunday as well. I feel like if England beat France, I think they're going to get to the final. But will they beat France? This is the prediction you've got to make, Alex. Do you think England? Can yeah, beat I think they'll beat France. I, I okay. don't, I don't know whether I've been that like taken by France. If I'm honest, yet, like mm. I think beating Australia is all well and good, but it's Australia at the end of the day. I know they've qualified, but still, it was only Australia, right? Um, and yes, they beat Denmark, but we've kind of discussed how poor Denmark were. And then they lost to Tunisia. Didn't perform particularly well against Tunisia. I think England would have enough to to, to at least match France and take it very, very close. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll say like they'd beat France. If, if, we, if we meet France, they'll beat France and they'll get to the final. I don't know who the final would be against. I've, just looking at the kind of the way that the... Um, way that the schedule kind of lines up. Uh, my guess is that we probably meet Brazil in the final. Potentially, it's, that's my eventual winner. I can't see anyone beating Brazil. I don't think it's the I best think Brazil. England team versus France in the quarterfinals. Hmm. England against. I mean, the other the other group is, well, the other course finalists could be anybody really. I think. Um, I'll probably say Portugal. So I think if if we're gonna if we're gonna win it, I think we'll have to beat France, Senegal, France, Portugal, and then Brazil in the final. I think Portugal are not that good either. 
I'm not. I like doing them. For me, that sounds a bit daunting. But we will see, won't we? we got to see. got to be the best teams at some point if you're going to win this tournament. Yeah, but unfortunately, no, we, we don't normally to, do as that. The Euros, do <laughs> as the Euro show, you don't have to beat the best teams. You can just get a nice run. We will see. Well, thanks a lot for uh, everyone who's joined us. Uh, we will be back next week, hopefully, talking about England in a quarterfinal. But we will see. Cheers. And some Reading content as well. Yes. We With will. Reading being back. God, imagine that. Yeah, Reading. We'll have a pre-match one as well, won't we? A yeah, and I guess the, the last last thing to note for anybody who hasn't noticed is that the quarterfinal is next Saturday. So there is a chance that the Reading game will get moved next Saturday to an earlier kickoff. So probably best to just double check what time kickoff is going to be next week before you turn up at the stadium after the game's finished. Ah, uh, yeah, that would be... Uh, I'd love to see that happen. That's the kind of thing I would do. So uh, cheers. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye.